0: So Daniel, the reason I wanted to get him on the podcast is he has utilised the massive power of social media, which obviously I'm huge on, and Instagram in particular, and it started to generate him leads already. When he started out in October of last year, he thought to himself, look, networking events are good, but how can I reach more people than just a room full of them? And that's why he put the majority of focus into Instagram. His first few videos that he released have reached over 500,000 people. And at the moment, he's generating about four leads per week solely from Instagram. Now, for someone that's just started out in October as a mortgage broker last year, absolutely phenomenal. So really looking forward to getting into why he chose Instagram, how he utilises Instagram, and we spoke before the podcast about a few tips of how he comments and interacts with uh, with local accounts. So I don't want to keep on talking about this guy's impressive start in the industry. I'll let him do it. So, Daniel, welcome to the podcast, mate. Thank you very much, Chris. Been looking forward to it. All good. B- busy day so far?
1: Yes, and yeah, i am been looking forward to this as well. Uh, awesome. Been thinking about this all day, you know, a bit nervous, as I said, but yeah, busy day, busy day indeed, so...
0: For anyone that listens to this, it's all about it's all about us having a chat. And I think to get somebody like yourself on, and um, very similar to the, the home buyer coach is you just using social media in, in the best possible way. And we had a chat on the phone last week, didn't we, about yeah. how do it and what you do. And I thought I was like, right, I need to get you on the podcast because there's so much value that you talk about. And I think, and I'm sure people all agree with me. Daniel's quite modest. When he talks about these type of things, it's almost as if it comes a second nature to you, but it, it, ah. <laughs> for people, it's, it's quite tough to how to use Instagram. And what we're gonna do, we're gonna break down the difference between the likes of Instagram stories, posts, reels, IGTV, so stay tuned. But the first part of the podcast, I like to get a bit of a background to all my guests. So you've only been a mortgage broker since October of last year. What did you do before then?
1: So, prior to that, um, originally at university, I did sports science. The plan was always to become to work in sport and to become a PA teacher. Once I began that, I realized it wasn't necessarily what I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. And then I took a job at Santander uh, on a contractor basis, working within PPI. So for the five to six years prior to becoming a mortgage broker, uh, let's say I worked in the PPI, sector and for the first couple of years it was as a case handler responding to complaints and then for the last three or four years it was as a quality checker and um, so due to the nature of ppi this was always going to to come to an end eventually uh once everything was settled as such once everyone so, yeah it was good. yes it was always a case of planning ahead and what i would do next so the reason why i wanted to become a mortgage broker was you know, due to the nature of the, the PPI job, it was very atten- high in attention to detail. It was very, you know, high demand. Uh, but also with that, I wanted a job that sort of, you know, involved the original passion of working with people. And I feel like a mortgage broker, you know, has the balance of two, balance of the two, really. Uh, yeah. So what I did was I planned ahead and. Uh, Intended, you know, once once the, the 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 wheels came off the PPI job, as I said, it was it was always going to come to an end eventually. Uh, yeah, I got myself ready and saved up as much money as possible to allow me to go into mortgage brokering on a self-employed basis.
0: Okay, and and you'll notice this when we we speak through this podcast. Daniel's quite methodical in in the way that you approach quite a lot of things, and you probably like that in life, aren't you? And you can see how that's made him successful on social media by generating leads because you had the PPI, you knew that was going to finish. So you had a plan to become a mortgage broker. You know, doing the PPI side, because I can imagine a lot of people, a lot of people liked having the money, but I can imagine a lot of people quite angry because you. and although you were the person trying to resolve it for them, they probably blamed you for a guy that sold it to them 20, 30 years ago. Yeah, so that's absolutely
1: absolutely the case. Uh, you have to speak to a lot of people on a daily basis. Yeah. And yeah, you're right. You'd ring somebody who was sold PPI back in 1992. <laughs> um, you're trying to see if they can get the money back. And yeah, they'd start shouting at you down the phone. <laughs> um, why have I been sold this? I've never needed it. And yeah, you'd, you'd sort of have to you know, work your way through the call, explain to them, it's not my fault. I'm here to help. Yeah. And yeah, hopefully try and find a good, a good resolution for them.
0: Because when you was talking about PPI, before you told me that you did the payouts, I thought, oh no, it's a PPI salesman. <laughs> no. I mean, if you uh, ever committed to selling PPI back in the day, compared to now, bloody hell, you'd be... You'd be on- yeah,
1: so there was no sales. It was purely just, you know, the redress, really trying to get people the money back.
0: Yeah. So, so when you started out, you said you wanted to become a mortgage broker because obviously you wanted to be a teacher, you wanted to... Um, deal with people. And obviously you've got the financial background of it. When you started to become a mortgage broker, did you have a business plan in place? What did you do to, to really kickstart your business?
1: So as I said, um, the plan was always hopefully to go self-employed with a firm. Mm-hmm. Um, so once the PBI was ending, you know, I give myself, I try to get some savings in the bank to allow me a few month period where there was no pressure. Mm -hmm. And I could sort of learn the trade without the pressure of generating an income straight away. I thought that was the best way to become as good at the job as possible. Uh, So what I did was when lockdown initially happened last year, I jumped straight on the C-map, managed to pass that within about six weeks, thankfully. And then the first thing I did following that was emailed a lot of firms in the Northeast, um, essentially saying, look, you know, I don't have experience in, mortgage broughting. However, this is what I can bring at the table, um, and essentially, just can I have can I have a chance? Have a job. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so you know, strangely enough, most of the companies who were offering jobs, you know, they are looking for experience, didn't yeah. didn't get back to me. Uh, however, the companies that did get back to me were those who didn't have a job advertised at all, and I think they appreciate the fact that. I'd put myself through the C-map and yeah, I'd, I'd made the effort to reach out to them. And I think that's why a few
0: did get in touch. And that's, it's nice to work for a company that puts a bit of faith in you, I suppose, isn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um So there was a couple, as I said, with Hello Mortgage, thankfully, they, you know, they've got me in for a chat. Uh, there was also, interestingly, Craig Skelton, who you've had on the podcast. Yeah. yeah. At the time, I didn't realise who Craig was, you know, I, I, CS Mortgage Solutions uh, was the brand name, but since you know becoming aware of sort of content online, I've I've seen a lot more, a lot more of Craig. Um and yeah, so those, are the, me, that, those yeah. are the ones that will happy give me a chance and I end up starting with Hello Mortgage. And yeah, here we are. Here we are now.
0: <laughs> what well, why did you go down the the self-employed route through like Hello Mortgages instead of going to say like a corporate as a as an employed broker?
1: Yeah. So I'm aware of the pros of starting as an employed broker with the the training and things like that. But I was, I did have some reassurance from Hello Mortgage that the training would be there. Um, And it has been, Uh, you know, they're there, you know, Keith at Hello Mortgage is always just a phone call away. I've got colleagues, other colleagues, Nicola, who's always just a phone call away. Uh, And they helped a lot during the early months. And as I said, because I had the savings there, there wasn't as much pressure on myself. So even if cases necessarily weren't going anywhere, I'd sort of work through them anyway and sort of just learn the trade and go through, you know, the outcomes, potential outcomes. If this wasn't a problem, we could have went there. Uh, if, you know, if, if they did have this in place, then, you know, the case could have went there. Mm-hmm. And that is, you know, it was a lot of hard work. Um, initially, I started, you know, working the PPI and the mortgages that did overlap for a while. So it was a lot of hard work, but it's been worth
0: it. And yeah, as I say. And that's a good thing as well, isn't it? And hopefully anybody listening to this that's maybe thinking of becoming a mortgage broker, if if you can put that in place, the savings, because if you were given a case, and yes, it's maybe somebody that has really bad adverse credit, in your head, you might be thinking, I really need to get a case through because I need a wage at the end of this month. Yeah. As your mindset then is right, let's use this adverse credit case to actually learn from it, which lender can we look at could we put with, and that, that knowledge can be used for the next 20 years, that one mortgage that you land can only be put in your paycheck for next month. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I think with the nature of mortgage broking, especially when you're first starting out, the cases that don't go anywhere, you learn from every case. I'm sure that will still be the case with, you know, criteria is ever changing, especially at the moment, due to the pandemic and everything. And, you know, in another 20 years, if I'm still a mortgage broker, uh, cases that don't go anywhere, still these are the ones that you do learn from. Um, yeah. Because there's always there's always new issues cropping up and that is, you know, the nature of the job, uh, good and bad sometimes.
0: <laughs> Before we get into the meaty bit, the social media, what would you say is your most favourite part of the job? Now you've been doing it over, well, nearly a year. God, it's nearly October, isn't it?
1: Definitely just working with people. Um, as I say, I think that's what I'm passionate about. That's probably my biggest skill and and just working with people you know especially with first-time buyers Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you know a remortgage is fantastic and you know I do a lot of remortgages but that's you know closer to being you know it's a financial transaction and a lot of the time but with first-time buyers it's such a big part of somebody's life Mm -hmm. Um, and being part of that journey and being able to make it as stress-free as possible being able to be an active part in that and then when you get to make that phone call at the end it's the end of the mortgage application saying, right, you've got a mortgage offer. Mm. That, that's the best part,
0: definitely. And do you get to meet these people or is it mainly, mainly done over the phone at the minute?
1: It's mainly done over the phone at the moment, but I like to think that, you know, I do build some form of relationship with them. Um, and yeah, try and keep in contact throughout. And yeah, always be there to, you know, essentially it's, it's holding the hand from that initial inquiry until hopefully they get the keys. So, yeah, I do like to think that will build up some form of relationship during the process.
0: Right. Awesome. So we've got a bit of your background. Now I want to get into this social media part because this is the stuff that really does does excite me. So before we get into your strategy of what you do on social on a day to day basis, how did did you decide on Instagram as your main platform? Yeah. So with me, um,
1: I'm actually not a big social media person. Right. Uh, I haven't had Facebook since around 2013. I don't have Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do have Instagram, although I only posted on it once every six months for big events. Uh, I'd never posted a story until I started this account. Wow. Um, and
0: after, I apologise to start you there, Daniel. Right. Up until October last year, you'd never posted a story. Up until yeah. six weeks ago. <laughs> oh, okay, six weeks ago. But <laughs> yeah. anybody listening to this... You don't have to have the prior knowledge of it. I just want to show people that up until six weeks ago, you weren't really posting heavily on Instagram and now you are and you're seeing the benefits. So I just want people to realize that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So the reason I started on Instagram was because that was the one that I was actively on and um, as a viewer. I do have some form of understanding of it. Um, so I do also have a Facebook account, which I just repost. You know, I repost the post too from the Instagram, but I don't really play the Facebook game as such. Mm-hmm. Whereas with the Instagram, you know, I'm very active on it. I concentrate on that one. And it's just the one I'm most familiar with. It's where I'm most comfortable. I feel like I can, you know, try things. Not everything's going to work, but with Instagram, I feel like I know, I know me placed. <laughs>
0: yeah. And it's it's, I think it's really good for you to almost, focus not so much master but focus on one platform at a time instead of jumping in at the deep end because you do a lot of videos you could have easily gone right and doing instagram and tiktok but you turned around and said no instagram is going to be my sole sole uh channel for you to post to so talk us through this popular video then this popular video that you had what what was the content how did it blow up what happened
1: Yeah, so I post Instagram reels about once a week, and it's essentially a video of me drawing out a calculation Mm -hmm. with a voiceover and a bit of music on top. Uh, So the topic of this one was essentially the difference between a 25-year mortgage term and a 35-year mortgage term. Just to illustrate the pros and cons of a longer mortgage term and a shorter mortgage term. uh, The answer to the video is essentially that you know, there's no one size fits all. Yes, yeah. you know, it's all down to people's individual circumstances, and that's sort of the point of the video.
0: And that's why you need a um, mortgage broker to sit down and, and break this down yeah. with you to decide which way to go.
1: Yeah, but I think you know because everybody's circumstances are different, and somebody may you know much prefer a shorter term, and somebody may strongly prefer a longer term for them for themselves. It did cause a bit of polarization and a bit of debate in the comment section, Uh, you know, there was a lot of people, you know, keen investors, uh, you know, seeing the bit. And yeah, you know, there was just a bit of debate started and I'm guessing, you know, with those comments, the engagement goes up, uh, maybe a couple of people share it. And it ended up now, I think it's on a reach of 555,000. So that's individual accounts. so yeah, that's been, I think that's, that's been a good one. But I, I think and- the reason is because of the debate that that can come from it, even though in reality, the answer is that it's just down
0: to the individual. Yeah. And that that's the point you're trying to get across, but it, it obviously made waves. So you've reached 555,000 people, but how many followers have you got? So I started out. So what I did was I had, I did have a personal account, which mm-hmm.
1: with, which had 650 followers on, yeah. uh, that was about six weeks ago, and now I've got 3,550. Wow. Um, so it's went
0: up quite a bit. So, yeah, that's, that's what I'm so on So when you when you released that video, you probably had maybe 1,500 followers? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. So that just goes to show, even though you only had 1,500 followers, 555,000 accounts have seen that video. So it just goes to show you, yes, you do have your followers and you want to increase that, but those numbers aren't the be-all and end-all. Absolutely. And I
1: think it's important to mention that, you know, I've did other videos and they don't get that response, but that's fine. Um, You know, you sort of make your own luck. If you, you know, if you, if you post enough, some, some of them are going to do better than others. Mm -hmm. And the ones that do do, you know, do, do well. um, The other ones that will help, help the account grow really, but it's just a case of, it's just a case of having a go. Um, and putting stuff out there, you we know, we're not. I'm I'm no social media expert, but just give it a go, really.
0: Yeah, and and I like that because you could have sat there and just lapped it up and done. Yeah, I've got four hundred and fifty five thousand views of this video. I've got three and a half thousand followers. But you've just said I do have some videos that flop. Some video, yeah. and you might put put a video up, and I bet this happened. You put a post up, a video, and think that is going to do amazing.
1: Well, yeah, literally a couple of weeks ago, I posted because um, because of Instagram, the demographic I think is more targeted at first-time buyers. Mm-hmm. It's got a younger age group of people that are on it, um, which sort of matches the first-time buyer age group. Mm-hmm. So I put on a post that was essentially a reel. It was a first-time buyer to-do list, and I thought, right, this one's going to bang. Um, <laughs> and then it was the worst. It was the worst performing one I've done by by a mile. Uh, but so then it's, you. It's
0: just, Go on, sorry.
1: Yeah, so with the views, it was the worst performing one, uh, the reach. But it's a learning curve because now I can look at it and see, right, the video was probably too long. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't act, wasn't really much going on on the screen, on the video. There wasn't much change on the screen. I wasn't actively writing like I do on the other ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, so things like that, you know, obviously I got it. It didn't, didn't do
0: too great, but that's fine. That's but- what's going to happen. Exactly. You've got, to, you've got to go out there and test it because you know not to do a video like that again then, don't you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So for now, uh, the more recent ones I'm trying to, because of the nature of Instagram Reels, it can only go up to 60 seconds. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to cut it back to 30 seconds because people have a short attention span. But it's a learning curve. And as I say, I'm, I'm probably going to post a video next week. That's going to have something where after I post it, I'll realize, right, I got that a bit wrong. Change it again and just learn, learn on the job, really.
0: Yeah. And so we talked about reels before we go any further any further into this. Can you explain to us the difference between Instagram stories, Instagram posts and Instagram reels? Yeah. So and what's your sorry, what's your strategy behind each part of those as well?
1: Yeah, so I try and break my Instagram down into four sections, which is reels, IGTV, grid posts, um and stories Mm -hmm. so igtv is um longer form videos they have to be a minute long Mm -hmm. so they can be a minute i'm not sure how long they can be but they tend to be in my case they tend to be two to three minutes
0: So minimum 60 seconds isn't it
1: yeah minimum 60 seconds and then there's reels which are sort of quick snappy fun 60 second maximum videos. Then there's grid posts, which are just images with a caption. And then there's the stories, which are sort of your live videos, which are there for 24 hours and are a lot more casual. So the way that I try and break it down is that I see my reels. They're there for the reach, pretty much purely for the reach, the fun. There's a bit of music on there. Um, And they do get a lot more reach than any 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 of my other posts. Mm -hmm. And they're just the easy to consume videos they yeah. easy to digest, uh, and for that reason, hopefully, they get more clicks. The IGTV, um, I tend to talk about its subject. It's still pretty brief, but mm-hmm. for, say, two or three minutes, and I like to think that shows myself as an authority on the subject. Uh, yeah. And then there's grid posts, which essentially, you know, you might post, buy it, let mortgages, this is what they are. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a, an image with a caption. I like to think they essentially keep me active online, and they make the feed look professional to an extent. And then the stories on Instagram, you know, I use them. I tend to post them when I get home from work, Mm -hmm. I tend to do a question of the day, a jargon buster, just talk about the day, talk about something random, nothing to do with mortgages. Yeah. Um, And they're a lot more casual. And I think that's where people get the chance to see me, hopefully get to know me a bit, build up a bit of a picture of me. and hopefully feel like they can trust me to an extent.
0: Yeah.
1: Because they're familiar
0: with you then, aren't they? Especially if you're using stories to that extent.
1: Yeah. So that's, you know, that's why I use them. And I've had quite a few, you know, people replying to the stories or messaging me who essentially say it's happened on a couple of occasions where they've said, right, I feel like I can trust you for some reason. Um, what's your opinion on this? Wow. So I like that. I think that's because of, of you know of the stories. But the way I pick the way I see it working, uh, in theory, is that people will see me reels. Mm-hmm. they might end up on a discover page somewhere, uh, or they might get reshared. So they'll see me reels, they'll click onto my profile, they'll see the IGTV. Hopefully they'll think, right, you know, he's legit, he knows what he's talking about. Yeah, um, and they'll be able to see that. And then if they follow the page, they'll then have the stories every day where they can get to know me, feel like the, you know feel like they're building up some form of relationship already, and then yeah, feel comfortable enough to just send me a message.
0: Because they're familiar with you already, aren't they? they? They they know they know the sound of your voice. They know what you, your face looks like. You're not on your Instagram. You're not a faceless business. Mm-hmm. So it's very easy to for me to put trust in you because. I know at the weekend you've maybe been watching the footage because I've seen your stories I know that you've spoken about the difference between the mortgage terms maybe on a on a real or an i g t v video and I've built that you've built that trust with me without even speaking to me directly
1: yeah, absolutely so you know I'm still learning with the stories mm-hmm. sometimes you know i I've got to put something on and I don't really have the I'm still working out the balance between work versus non work yeah. Uh, I say I'm learning on the job. So uh, the weekend I was at the football um, and I right. I, I, went to post a, I went to post a photo of the football. You know, I was just going to say, you know, day off at the football. Yeah. And then I bottled it. Um, I don't know why. I just I thought, love this honesty with it. I thought, is this appropriate? Do people want to know I'm out at the football?
0: <laughs> um, and yeah, I, bought, I, I, I didn't put it on. The um, thing is, it works for different. I know mortgage brokers that don't ever post about business. Yeah. Get lots of business. Whereas I know brokers that only post a very small bit of personal and still get business. And I think you've got to be true to yourself because if you try and if you try and upload content that isn't true to your values, then people are going to see right through it. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um so I think with me, it's just a case of learning on the job. I don't think I'll ever be somebody who'll post, you know, properly personal stuff on the page. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's just not for me. As I said I didn't really use much social media before. I'm just trying to work out, find my feet. What do I post? What do people, what are people yeah. interested in? What's too much? Uh, and yeah, that just, just leads to give it a me up.
0: perfect into the next question. So we're talking about what content to post. So let's say Monday morning, you're sat there with a blank bit of paper and go, right, I've got to plan my content for this week. Where do your ideas come from? To be
1: honest, I, um, I don't want to sound this in the wrong way, but I don't really feel like I have too much of an issue with that. Okay. I feel like there's a, there's a, before I started the page, I had six months of posts already lined up. Did you? Um, wow. Not necessarily like regimented, like writing that you post this, because I've already chopped and changed and moved stuff about from what I've been learning already. Mm-hmm. But essentially I had six months of ideas for every aspect of the page. Wow. Um, so that, you know, takes the stress
0: Right, forward planning out
1: of it while I'm doing it. There's always an idea there, and I don't always use them. Sometimes Mm. it'll just be something that's, you know, came from the day, something that's cropped up, something that somebody's asked for. Uh, But, you know, the ideas are there, and they're there for when I need them. So that when I started the page, I wanted to be able to concentrate on the work and run the page alongside it. So I didn't want this, so I I planned ahead. But to be honest, I think if, if you're a mortgage broker every day, the problem shouldn't be that you can't think of anything to post. I'll think of ideas. The problem is maybe you don't know what's appropriate for social media. Okay, good. Because when you do the job every every day, you know, you're probably going to have clients might ask you five questions a day, you mm-hmm. might ask your colleague a question, they might ask you a question, you're gonna have a self-employed client, you might have a, a bad credit client, and all these things are potential posts. Say if it was a 95% mortgage, you know, you might have a client review a post. You might have the pros and cons of 95% mortgages. You might have a little story, just saying, oh, today I spoke to these clients. Um, they're worried that they couldn't save a deposit, but they managed to get, you know, thankfully due to 5% uh, deposits, they've managed to save up, and here they are, they've got the mortgage offer. Just, you know, a bit of a nice story like that. And then also, you know, maybe a post saying there's new lenders on the market offering 95% mortgages. So thankfully, it's not, that's not an area so much where I've struggled, but I am chopping and changing all the time and learning what's right, what's wrong, and what works better, what I'm still trying to learn what my audience is. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm just molding it to to suit that
0: as as I go. I love the way that you said 95% mortgage is there and you reeled off three or four ideas for social media posts. You can tell that's how your mind works on a daily basis. What? When do you find time to do that Instagram story? You can do there and then I suppose, but where do you find time? You've got that idea of 95% mortgage in your head. When do you do the video? When do you do the post? So
1: the, with the the Instagram rails, mm-hmm. I do them every, every Sunday morning. I just do one. Okay. It only takes about 20 minutes. Um, you know, I do a few takes, mess it up, get a bit annoyed um, and then have, have another go. Uh, so I do the Instagram reels like that with IGTVs. I tend to do them in a bunch. Okay. So I record, record a few at once, um, you know, maybe four at once. And that will do me for a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with, you know, with the, 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 graphics, the, the, the image and caption, thankfully I've got Simon who I work with and I asked him to knock up, you know, six months worth of images really. And nice. I use them as, and when. Feels appropriate.
0: Yeah. So there's no set agenda. That was going to be my next question. Do you outsource? Obviously, you do your videos and everything. Do you outsource some of your social media? And you say you've got somebody in house that that does that for you.
1: Yeah. So quite lucky to have Simon in house who can edit the IGTV videos, and he wow. knocks up the images. Uh, so yeah, he's absolutely fantastic at the at that, and so that's very helpful. Uh, I'm also very lucky to have. Because working at Hello Mortgage, obviously for them to have somebody come in and say, right, relatively new to the industry and say, right, I want to do this my way mm-hmm. in terms of is, is social media presence. You know, they, they've allowed me and they've said, right, as long as everything's compliant, obviously I've built up a level of trust over, you know, I've almost been here a year now. And they've said, right, you know, as long as everything's compliant, give it a go. Mm-hmm. What do you need from us? So then I would say the IGTV and the images, and yeah, that's okay. sort of go from there.
0: That's, that's great because you've got that mix of content where you've got, so you've got a professional to help you do that as well, haven't you? It's not just yeah. you sat there designing them yourself. They'll still look professional yeah. and they're all branded it. And it's, I suppose it's beneficial to Hello because you're pushing the name and they can brand everything in their branding, can't they? So mm-hmm. yeah, so we've talked about the content creation and the content posting. But what I want to get into now is how often you interact with people on social media because that's a big part of your business, isn't it?
1: Yeah, so that's a daily thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I've sort of got some notes on me, my um, Instagram file on the laptop, which essentially promptly oh, yeah. interact every day. Really? Um, yeah. So that could be. I stole this first one off Sam Norris, who was on Sam, oh, Norris, yeah. was on yeah. your yeah. podcast. Big Instagram I thing. So I listened to this like a year ago. And yeah. I didn't actually realize it. It was social for brokers. Uh, I've only went back and listened to them a lot more recently, and I've realized that it was Sam. But yeah, uh,
0: right. he
1: mentions sending everybody a personalized message, and wow. everybody who follows me on a public account gets a personalized message. You know, just hiya Barry, thanks for following the page. Uh, you know, hopefully it's useful for you. If there's anything else, if there's anything that could be that I could help with, give me a shout. And yeah, just keep it casual like that. So. I do that every day. Um, I also comment on a lot of accounts where I feel that we'll share an audience. So that will be the obvious ones: estate agents, builders, but also there's you know home accounts now are massive. Mm-hmm. First time buyers are addicted to home accounts. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just get yourself in there, you know, try and comment something meaningful, though. I try to, rather than just leave meaningless stuff, try and get involved. Uh, now, there's a lot of accounts, you know, people documenting the saving journey or their financial journey, how they're trying to become debt free. And a lot of them have quite large followings. So just interact. I interact with these accounts. I share the posts if they're relevant um, and just comment and and just get involved really
0: just get uh, it's called social media for a reason yeah. you've got to be social on there and i like that you say don't just comment something generic because if it, it, you maybe listen to this and don't realize that there's that these things called bots on social media so you can yeah. hire somebody to put these bot on your social media that comments on all your followers posts, and it's just very generic like it might be a hands-up emoji or a clap emoji it's just so impersonal so if you can do it does take a bit of time but if like daniel's doing jump on and great saving tip really appreciate you sharing this or something like that is that the kind of interaction that you're talking about
1: yeah absolutely so i've had emails from those people asking if if the you know do they want me to comment do they want to me do i want to use them to comment on posts and everything right. obviously i don't because of the fate of the purpose um and yeah just lets people see you in the comment section and think oh right I'm following the savings account. Maybe I'm saving towards a mortgage. Yeah. There's Dando's mortgages, is which is the personal brand. Uh, I'm they can see I'm active, they can see I'm involved, they can say hopefully that I'm approachable. Um and that I'm there to chat to really.
0: Yeah. And is that just you sat at home on your phone half an hour at night, do a quick bit of interaction, or is it you at the office?
1: No, so I try to do this when in hours when you don't really need to think too much. So okay. I quite often it's when you get up. Normally, when you sat with a coffee, maybe you've got Good Morning Britain on. Um, I just get the phone out. Who's posted? Uh, and go through it and just yeah, just put some comments on. See if there's anything that I can share. See if, if there's anything that you know they're talking about which I can add anything to, and get involved that way.
0: Yeah, and this is this is something I always speak to my clients about. I create branded content for people and it looks really polished and really fresh and it's always topical. And that's great because it keeps your page updated. It shows people that you're active on your social media channels. But what can take it to the next level is by you commenting with people, interacting with people and more so on Facebook now, definitely. That, that's more of the community platform. You do get a lot more interaction with people, but Instagram is slowly becoming the next favorite in that area. And they're really trying to push Instagram businesses now. So, yeah, I'm, I'm a huge believer in what you do, interacting with people and just building relationships. It's the same on LinkedIn as well. Whatever platform, if you build relationships with people, you're always going to get leads. You're always going to build build meaningful and lasting relationships. I think.
1: Well, that's yeah, that's what it's all about. And you know, I, I shared a post from somebody not long ago, um, an accountant in the industry, and then they reshared me a few days ago. Yeah. And they had twenty five thousand followers, mm-hmm. and then people are going to see my name and be able to find the page and then it's another way of just getting people on the page. Mm-hmm. I think there's a, I'm quite into the insights on Instagram yeah. uh, they're quite addictive and a one which I'm quite interested in uh, is there's a, there's a one called profile visits. Yeah. So it tells you how many people has been on your profile and then obviously how many people have followed your profile. Mm-hmm. So you can sort of see the rate of how many people are clicking on it and then thinking that ah, it's worth a follow. Yeah. Uh, so at the moment I'm just running better than one in three. <laughs> <laughs> His partner throws me off all the time for, for talking about me and in, the insights. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so you know all what? these things are available.
0: You're exactly the same as Sam Norris because Sam's the same. He's, if you listen to the podcast, one of the really early podcasts that we did, Sam's like he turns around to to his partner. He's like, "Look at this! Look at this insight here! Look at I did this pose and it." And she's like, "Oh, Sam, I don't really care." <laughs> and Sam's like, well, "I'm an
1: insight freak." Well, with with my partner, um, poor girls being sat there. Um, obviously, the page has been doing well over the last few weeks, and I send everybody a personal message, yeah. and. She's sick of listening to me say, <laughs> you know, saying, hiya, kid, hiya, Barry, hiya, you know, you know, all this, and honestly, it's all she hears. Why but... do you do a voice note
0: opposed to an actual text?
1: Oh, yeah, so it's always a voice note. Right. Um, so send a voice note, you know, you can have a look through Peter's pro. you can have a look on Peter's profile, maybe we've got some common ground there, whether it's, you know, they're a bad golfer. <laughs> whether, you know whether they've got a page you know somebody followed the other day and they had a page um it was essentially they're a photographer i think mm. and they had a nice page so just you know a little comment about that why, why are you saying hello to them i think people appreciate it
0: compliments always go far don't they especially on social because that's why we're on there aren't we to show off what we do for a living
1: i think with the private messages as well you know, British people can be a bit awkward and a, bit, a, bit, a little bit shy sometimes. And you're just breaking down that initial awkward wall
0: mm. where
1: people, even if they'll want to message you, you know, they might, you know, they might think, oh, I don't really want to get involved in a conversation about mortgages. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't really feel comfortable at the moment. Maybe I don't understand. Your, your message is essentially just saying, look, if you need us, I'm here. Enjoy the page. And it just lets them know that, that, that you're there and that they can give you a message with any questions.
0: Yeah, and they're much more likely to come to you than John Smith's mortgages that maybe aren't on Instagram. They don't know they exist or they maybe follow them but have had no interaction with them whatsoever. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. Awesome. Right, I think we could talk about Instagram for hours, but I am going to have yeah. to kind of nip it in the bud a bit there. Um, the one question now I ask, the strategy question, and I think I'm going to know the answer to your strategy behind this, but we're going to pretend that you've moved to the north of Scotland, you've got a laptop, a mobile phone, and an internet connection, what would you do to start generating leads, Daniel? So if
1: I moved up there, firstly, I'd probably get out into the community. Uh, okay. see, Chris has shifted my business up here. Um, I'm a mortgage <laughs> broker. Get in, get involved in the community, maybe in the same way as I'm talking about social media. Get involved in the local businesses. Um, and yeah, tell them what you do. Mm-hmm. And then when you get back, just start an account and just get posting. It does. It's not all going to be, you know, it's not all going to work. It's not all going to be, you know, prim and proper. But just start posting. Trial and error. Give it a go. <laughs> What's That's the good. worst that can happen? You know, really, what is the worst that can happen?
0: I really like the simplicity behind that because you you are you obviously you know that you're very figured in sorry analytical and you look at figures and you look at insight yet your approach is just give it a go and that's the hardest part isn't it it's just starting you can do all the insights and everything further down the line but get posting
1: yeah just get posting I know a lot of people are maybe a bit worried about starting a page it's a bit you know it's a bit daunting yeah but just you know I'm no social media expert in six months I still won't be a social media expert Uh, I've just uh, I've just Got my account. And as I say, I've said a few times, but it is just learning on the job, trial and error. Give this a go. If you throw enough at the wall, something should stick. <laughs> It'll stick, yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah, as long as it's all good, though, and it's, you know, as yeah. long as you're happy with it and it's all the right message, and as I say, it's all compliant, then just get it out there.
0: Yeah. And I, like, I haven't really spoken about this, but your branding on social, your personal branding is Dan Does Mortgages, isn't it? Yeah. It's so simple. Everybody knows it. It's very easy to, to decipher exactly what you do and who you are.
1: Yeah, so I, I didn't want an account just called Daniel Not CMAP or Daniel Not Mortgage and Protection Advisor. So I had to come up with a name. I like that because it sort of doesn't make sense. It does, but, you know, Dan does mortgages. It sounds a bit a bit weird. It's um, like, it's I, a bit I asked the family things. and friends. I gave them a few options. It was Mortgage Man Dan. Dan the mortgage uh, man, and Dan does mortgages, and Dan does mortgages. Clearly, he got the least votes. But
0: <laughs> but you wanted but it. I
1: just liked it. I liked it. And to be honest, it's stolen off. There's a, there's a British uh, YouTuber called Matt Does Fitness, and okay. I just lifted it off
0: him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't give him that much credit, mate. <laughs> no, that's awesome, and, and I really hope people get so much value from that. And we have really gone into Instagram, and it's only because Dan uses it so much that you've got the confidence in it and when we spoke about Instagram reels Instagram reels are pretty much the same as TikTok and I know we have spoken I'm not going to get into it now but you have spoken about your next step is to go onto TikTok and start posting on there isn't it
1: yeah I think to be honest I say I don't know how much time if I'll be able to run them all properly Mm -hmm. Um, but when I've got quite a few you know reels built up ideally I would like to take them off Get rid of the the Instagram watermark, re-add the audio, and then just put them on TikTok. And you know, if 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 they don't, if they don't work, it's you know, it's it's yeah. not it's not that much of an issue. Just try and re just try and repurpose them. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So that is the plan at some point.
0: Awesome. And if you are listening to this and want to know how to use TikTok and how it all works, if you have a little lo- listen to uh, Joe, the home buyer coach, he's huge on TikTok. So take a listen to that one. Well, Dan that brings us to the end of the podcast thank you so much for coming on and um, as a thank you I donate £10 to a charity which charity did you want to make the donation for?
1: Uh, if you could please donate it to St Benedict's Hospice in Sunderland uh, it's a great facility and they do a great job so yeah if we could, could
0: please go there. Awesome will do thank you again Dan really appreciate you coming on the podcast and I hope people have got a lot of value from this. Thanks for having me cheers. cheers.